Their goal is to bring you a podcast that sounds more like everyone else than anyone else. We need to accept the fact that we are like every other podcast. We want to be special, but we're not quite there yet. It's the Zenial Odyssey Podcast with Remy and Bobby Rocks. The sleep study? Okay, so I think it's it's very being someone who's on the other side of it is very intriguing stuff. Yeah, and I, me and Bobby both have. um, I'll just kind of preface it because he's going to give you a little monologue, but we both have had sleeping problems most of our lives. And one of the things about Bob, Bob's and Robert and my friendship is that we commiserate. We talk about things that drive us insane, but that we have in common. The commemoration of the miserable. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. And so he had told me he was getting a study, and I was super intrigued. Because I've always been a little bit bugged out at the idea of trying to sleep in a lab with wires on me. Bob did it. So um, please share your experience. So for anybody who's wondering what the hell we're talking about, I have been having severe sleep problems for, I would say at this point, about two years. And what I mean by that is I wake up drenched in sweat. I wake up at random times in the middle of the night. Just, I think, you know, uh, for people who don't know, I mean, we all wake up, but we don't remember it. I I remember. And on top of that, uh, my wife has actually recorded me snoring. It sounds like a buzzsaw. It's actually impressive. I'm like, that sound came out of my body. But yet she didn't really find it that great when no. she's trying to sleep and she's a light sleeper. I'm a, I'm a deep sleeper. Anyway, I would also wake up and I would be completely, I would feel like I didn't sleep. Yeah. And no, no sense of being refreshed. Yeah. At all. And it's gone on for so long that finally, How long? give it a time frame. two years, people. two years solid that it's been like this. Yeah. And so what I did is I reached out to my primary doctor and I just was explaining it to him. He was awesome. He set me up with a pulmonary sleep doctor. And the pulmonary sleep doctor heard what I had to say and was just like, yeah, we're going to set you up with a sleep study. So that sleep study took place at a hospital, like an extension of the hospital. It wasn't in the hospital. This is just literally this wing is for just for sleep studies. They have bedrooms. I have my own bedroom. So I had to get there at eight o'clock at night. I get checked in. There were three other people there. Naturally, I was the youngest by far well, um, that was there. there what was, was your initial feeling? Oh, I was a little – because I'm always apprehensive of the unknown. And uh, I walk in. I was wearing it on my face because this older gentleman was sitting there and he turned around and he just looked at me and he's just like, you know, fix your face. <laughs> he's like literally like fix your face. And uh, so I'm like – like it made me laugh. And then the lady was called in first and then I was called in and no, I wasn't called in. He was called in. But while we were there by ourselves, he's like, this is your first time. And I'm like, yep. And he's like, always remember your first time. Like he was just, I mean, he was on point. But wait, so here's my thumb and the first person you meet being a repeat offender, (laughs) I would be like, so what your body here represents is that this doesn't work. No, I can go into it. Uh, So they bring me into the room they give me a tour of the room. They tell me about all the nuances. They tell me about what did it look like. I'm sorry to ask yeah, a lot of just, questions. It looks like a hospital. Looks like a hospital room. It has its own bathroom. I so mean, they don't make it any attempt to make it feel like a bedroom. No, but the bed was comfy. Yeah, it hospital, wasn't an issue of comfort. Hospital I mean, beds are kind of nice. Yeah. So the 
sleep study director was just going over things with me. What, he's like, what time do you want to go to sleep? I told him. He goes, okay, I'll come in about 40 minutes before that. I'll hook you up. We'll run you through some pre-tests and then you're good to go. And he was explaining to me. So he asked me why I was there. And then explained, okay, so the referral was put in for you. So there are different things that can be measured during a sleep study. Okay. Mine was baseline. So literally, they hooked up uh, leads to my legs to see if I have restless leg syndrome. They hooked up all these sensors on my head and my face and my chest to measure like an EKG for my heart, to measure yeah. my brainwave activity, to measure my sleep cycles, mm -hmm. how long they are. To measure my microphones, little tiny microphones up inside my nose to measure snoring. Wow. So then they come in when I give them the, the time and it takes like 25, 30 minutes to hook me up. Wow. And not a very relaxing thing yeah, to and, do and right And you're, you're sleep. hooked into something that looks like our digital recorder here. It's a little bit bigger than this, but it actually has the outline of a button. It looks like operation actually. Oh. So, and it tells you where each, each kind of lead needs to go. And... Essentially, he answers the, the golden question. He's like, so if you have to use the bathroom, you hit this dinger right here. We have like an Alexa in the room and we'll, we'll ask you what you need. And if you tell us you need the bathroom, we'll come in and the thing can be unplugged from the wall. And then they have a little thing so you can hang it around your neck and go use the bathroom. Huh. And then they, they hook you back up. And they also hook you up to your finger for like O2 saturation levels. They measure everything. And so, yeah, I probably got about two and a half hours of sleep. Uh, has to be strange. Yeah. So before that you even can go to sleep, you got to lay down flat on your back, close your eyes. You have to move them left to right and up and down. You have to take three deep breaths through your nose, three through your mouth. You have to make a snoring noise. That's them checking all the equipment, yep. I'm assuming. They do, so they do that at the beginning and then they do that at the end before you can get unhooked from everything. Hmm. Uh, the study ended at 5.30 in the morning and then I was free to go once I answered questionnaire and they unhooked me and, and did all that and told me I had to wait 12 days. So yeah, that was my experience. So I'll find out in like 12, maybe two weeks, two and a half weeks. So maybe some of you out there are wondering, we, we're like six minutes in. Why are we talking about this stuff? Oh, wait, one more thing about that. What are your hopes or expectations? Uh, I wouldn't say hopes. I just would say I expect to find out just how fucked up my biophysical is makeup, yeah. makeup of my body is when I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. And then working on ways to fix that. Because this says, uh, this is an extremely unhealthy way to live and it's a miserable way to live. And so, yeah, I wanted to segue, and that is the point of our episode today. It is talking about people our age and our health, or lack thereof. There's a, there's a bunch of research I did. There's a bunch of things I want to, topics I want to cover. And it's really important because we are at an age now where we should collectively really start focusing on our health. And there are some trends that are coming out that are not great. Not great for people our age. Misinformation is a key right now. You know, it's a big element to everything in, in terms of self-educating is you have to be careful that you're pulling from the right sources. But yeah, and, and people have to understand too the health thing. You know, we say health and the first thing people think is is physical shape and body. And, and that's not solely what we're addressing here. Like if you think about what Bob just said about sleep, it's a perfect example. You know, you have to essentially be a trifecta, a balance of physical, mental, and spiritual to be at your best. And so when we talk about health, we're going to talk about physical, mental, we're, we're going to try to cover it all. Cause, yeah. Cause yeah, we're, we're, we're getting to the age where it's, it's not like I used to be able to laugh at it 
because I didn't give a fuck and just snorted. Oh, willy nilly. It's oh. just insomnia. Yeah. And, and everything uh, being overweight, being everything, you know, but then you get to a point in your life, you're like, you know, there's enough information out there that we can potentially curb some of at least the discomfort. Yeah. And we're, we're going to go beyond just the physical. I know you, you highlighted that because a big part of a lot of this is, is mental health is there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of areas to cover that we we can talk about. So but we'll do our usual. We'll play a song. We'll pay some bills. <laughs> we will. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll just dive right in. So you want me to just dive in on some research I got? I got different levels of research than we could just talk about. Oh, wait, let me preface that a little. Go. Guys, you know, there's been a beast born in Bob and it's a research beast. And he has been thrusting his throbbing manhood into research lately at all hours of the night and day. Well, I think a big thing that's missing in a lot. Hey, I'm gonna call out of the podcast. Podcast. Maybe if you, maybe if you let me finish it, I would have said something nice about you. You can still say something nice about me. I'm yeah. still gonna speak my mind. Oh, the moment's passed now because I'm gonna be critical. All right. No, because yeah, everybody cuts me off, so I'm just uh, not finishing my thoughts anymore. Oh. Oh, Remy, sensitive today. Oh. You're welcome for the coffee, by the way. <laughs> well, the fact that you squeezed it from your nipples. Uh, and I told you it was delicious and thank you. I didn't so squeeze the coffee from my nipples. I squeezed the coffee mate French vanilla from my nipples. God. Yeah, because that, that, you know, that's how terrible my health is. <laughs> I'm just lactating coffee mate. Well, that's a good segue. All right. So the reason I, I really focus on research, because I don't want to just come on here and make people think I'm just bullshitting off the top no, of my no, head. No, no. The point I was going to make is we need that today. Yeah, exactly. There's not, a, there's not enough of that anymore. There's too many people that are just speaking their opinions and presenting it as fact. Like they no. And another reason that I look at research is because I want to see like if my beliefs are wrong or if I need to correct them. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm a son of a bitch and then I'll move on and I'll, I'll adjust accordingly. You know, in my opinion, like rational people should do. Yeah, you know? the, American, the American way. So yeah, I'll start, with, I'll start with some research here. So the research I looked at, it was just focused on life expectancy of people who are considered Gen X and millennials or Gen Y. We, we went over that in a previous episode and it indicates that millennials have, what would you think millennials have a longer or shorter lifespan? Shorter. You would be correct. That's when the real stress began in, yeah. the, in the country, in the world. So yeah. yeah. Interestingly, research has also indicated that younger people are just unhealthier in several categories, you know, obesity, myself included, uh, but obesity, mental health, yeah, well, you know what it cardiovascular is. It's, health. It's collective dissonance. It's that yeah. world unhappy. Yep. The statistics also indicate that younger people are dying as a result. And what I mean by that is, I mean, yeah, it's one thing to just logically be like, well, if the life expectancy of a generation is less then people are dying younger. Yeah. But what I'm pointing at here is that People are dying like in 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 large numbers in their like thirties. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, just say it was saying, yeah. People did not necessarily have heart attacks and strokes when they were that age. Exactly, and it's it's becoming more prevalent. I mean, it's happening more often now. So during the last census that the U.S. put out, which was in 2020, as a whole, life expectancy of every single person in our country went from 78.9 years old to 78.6. That may not sound like a lot. But just know that that's reflective of 330 million people. And we willed that because yeah. what you need to understand is that was the start of the suicidal memes and I hate my life memes and the full yep. embrace of nihilism with that generation. Now, you want some other things related to this? I uh, do. It is the first time since the census 
has been tracking life expectancy mm. that it's dropped. Oh wow! So, yeah, I mean that's that's huge. Yeah, that you know, oh wow, we're the first. I don't know if that's necessarily the first you want to be, but hey, we're whatever. going backwards, people. Yeah. Hey, if a if a generation wants to die enough, can they not move back? Can they not decrease their life expectancy? Well, I, I, think I feel they like can. I feel like I'm going to talk about something like that in uh, in another episode that we we will do in the near future. Uh, because I think it fits better than there, but yeah, I, so that's my little, that's my preamble and I have some topics here and I feel like we can just jump off and talk about these topics. So I broke it down into three main topics and those three main topics are in order. Number one, diet and exercise. Uh -huh. Topic two, sedentary lifestyles. Uh -huh. Topic three, mental health. Uh -huh. So let's start with diet and, and wait, exercise. And wait, let me, can, can I just jump in a little? Cause you got all the juicy shit today and I feel like I'm just in the corner beating off. Which I'm doing regardless, but you know, this what sediment you said sediment sedimentary sedentary sedentary, and that's a big one because this is the first time we have a generation of people working from home. Yeah, people are not necessarily moving, people are not as active as they were. So, all right, Bobby, I love you. Go, all right, so let's start. Topic one diet and exercise. So, as a group of people, we eat too much processed fatty food, we drink far too many beverages loaded with extra sugars also called empty calories. We are highly prevalent because of our lifestyle here with our diet and our extra lack of exercise uh, for high blood pressure, stroke, heart disease, colon cancers. All of our, all of our risks as a generation are elevated. You know, and here's what's really interesting about all this is that we are also, you know, we're not the first generation to have fast food, but we're the first generation to have it in the abundance and the ease and the dollar casual thing now. So what you have now, unfortunately, too, because a lot of people will justify, first of all, you know, two double cheeseburgers at McDonald's or something, right? Four bucks. And you ate. And you didn't have to cook. And you, you did it while you were commuting. So you didn't have to, in, like, interrupt what little time you might have to your life. So we have to correlate obesity also in this country with people who are less well off. Because I'm sorry, two double cheeseburgers is way cheaper than a delicious salmon filet. Yeah, I actually watched a documentary on, it was on the unhealthiness of uh, the food we eat and and the, all the empty calories we eat. And by empty, Was it broke, fat, and stupid? No, whatever? no, no. Okay. Um, that, no. That's a really good documentary if you haven't seen it. And what I mean by empty calories is calories, so the typical, I think it's the Food and Drug Administration sets it, yeah. that, that a typical person would eat a 2,000 calorie a day diet. And so in that, it, and that's where the food pyramid comes in and it says you need this much, this many servings of this, this many Fruits servings and of veggies. this. veggies. Yeah. So things that don't fit into that pyramid, like, sorry, REM coffee mm -hmm. because of the added sugars and the creamer that I use, regardless if it was natural. No. And, and like, you know, here's the thing. You can be self-righteous this week, but you drink the coffees with me every other week. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. But I get I, my no, one week of self-righteousness. I know what I do though. Like that's the thing and that's part of addressing it and realizing like, all right, well, if I do this stuff, I have to double down on the other healthy stuff that I do do. Yeah. And then I wanted to go back to you. You brought up fast food chains and I, 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 ease of. I slipped in there the casualness of it. I mean, do, in the North, we live in, we live in Massachusetts, but we live in New England and New England is just the tried and true fast food chain in Mass in New England is... Oh, I mean McDonald's. I, well, I would say think think. I was gonna say Duncan. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah, think like, I think at Duncan. I guess I, you're right. Without I'm one of the biggest in the world, <laughs> I just I just love the fact that 
there's literally a dunk in every like three quarters of a mile. Okay, like, people who think that's hyperbole. Yeah, it's not. At least it's here. Not it's hyperbole. not hyperbole. It's no. fucking insane. Yep. I'm talking about you can have a Dunkin' Donuts across a busy street from another Dunkin' Donuts because cars can't get to it. Yep. We, I have one on the end of, I could walk to Dunkin' Donuts from my house. Maybe Bobby, not so much from here, but almost any place. I could walk to a Dunkin'. There you go. Yeah. In Massachusetts, if you live anywhere, there's a pretty good chance. You, and Dunkin' has just, it's monopolized, it's monopolized coffee. Locally. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure in like a one to two mile radius from my home, there's three Dunkin' Donuts. But like, even, in every direction. Even on Sunday though, part of me, and I'll own it. I started it, but part of me and Bob's ritual is a coffee and maybe something that isn't good for us. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to touch on too is, I mean, I don't remember it being like this when we were children. No. I mean, just I mean, just fast food chains in general. Oh, no. Explode, yeah, have exploded. Chick-fil-A's are popping up on corn. Like, it's crazy. Yep. There's a Chipotle in every fucking street now. Taco Bells, Wendy's, you just And name I'll it. tell you, like, being someone who smokes weed and makes impulsive decisions, that shit is hard for me. It is. When yeah. I'm driving and I'm like, oh, man, but I'm going to go home and cook. I'm going to roast a piece of chicken and I'm going to fire roast some corn. And, you know, but it's like, or oh, I could spend four bucks right now. And that that for me, and I know that's fat people talk. I know. Well, I think that a lot of people justify, but you have to understand that there's not a lot of time people have left to themselves. And I know we focused on fast food, but fast food isn't the only processed food. Chains, dude. You know, I, I mean, like, you can go to the grocery store and get processed food and mm -hmm. you can get any kind of snack you get anything I mean, processed food basically means that they've added unhealthy fats uh absurd amounts of sugar dyes salt, yep. salt is is uh the number one preservative salt so all, so i won't say all but a lot of frozen foods are just loaded with salt yeah because that's how you help preserve them preserve and the flavor them, yeah. and they need to stay frozen too and so there's a whole you know? process there yeah it's pretty it's crazy so so it's, it's crazy that we live in a society where it's like this, especially in the United States, because there's foods that we eat in our country that are banned in other countries because yeah. of the ingredients. There's a yeah, foie gras. There's a reason. Well, there's a rumor. I'm sorry. There's a rumor coming that there's going to be a food boom right after the gas boom. And it's really like, it, it, it's, <laughs> you mean it's not already here? No, it's funny. It is though because like yeah, I I ran out of grocery money halfway through last month. Comparatively to, I've never had that happen. It's, yeah. not, it's not because I bought more. At all. You bought what you always bought. It's just the fact that inflation oh, it, kicked up the it prices. Was 30, yeah. It was at least 35 bucks more. Yeah. It was it was alarming. So what can we offer though? What is the alternative for poor people though? It's a genuinely tough, almost a philosophical question. Well, I know around around here, I mean, your options are like Market Basket, Walmart, and Target. And I'm, I'm specifically talking about there has to be some willpower in buying actual like fruits and vegetables. No, and, and I agree. And, and involvement. Food. And it's really about if you're living on that, if you're living on that dime that doesn't stretch as far. I mean, it's about going to these places and getting these foods. It's about actually putting in the work to actually make foods. Myself included, I'm guilty in that too. But there's also nothing as gratifying as making an amazing meal though. Making an amazing meal and then sitting down to it is its own reward. It I really used to is. make this amazing pesto. I don't anymore. And and my friend, when I lived with my friend, he used to look forward to like Friday nights because pesto I would have night. Friday nights off and I would make pasta with pest, homemade pesto. Oh yeah. My dad and, used to murder pesto. And to the point where his uh, significant other to this day would be like, I keep trying to make that pesto. And he just says, it's not the same. <laughs> Bobby has a shirt on right now that yeah. says, my pesto is yeah. the pesto. But then on the flip side, my wife also says, he didn't why, even, he... why, why didn't you make, why don't you make me pesto? Okay. I didn't mean yeah. to step on his punchline, but he didn't hear my joke at all. I did not. He was so he was so I was prepared so on fixated. giving his next. I'm not always like that, and I'd like to think I'm improving, just not in this moment. No, no, no it's not. Me. It's not a bad thing, yeah. but I, I put a whole joke right through that landed and everything. You'll listen to it in the callbacks.
<laughs> we do that for 90 minutes. Bobby, come on. Bobby, come on. You can put it all on me. Nice. No. For anyone who doesn't pay attention to these these health risks too, like do, do, do people out there realize what can happen if you have prolonged untreated high blood pressure? Let's let's assume they do, but yeah, you get swollen organs, everything's all fucked up inside you. So you have high blood pressure, it, you leave it untreated. I mean, first off, I mean to treat it, you have to take pills that lower your blood pressure. I mean that's that's a given. But if it goes untreated, it starts to damage organs. Like yeah. specifically, it'll damage your kidneys. It will. It can lead to stroke. It can lead to heart disease. It can lead to these. These things can happen on their own, but it can lead to all these things just by itself. One thing that wasn't even on here was uh, type 2 diabetes. Like absolutely living a lifestyle like this can lead you to type 2 diabetes, which also can lead to all of these things happening. It can lead to hardening of arteries. It can lead to atrophy of the arteries because most people don't know that our, the arteries around our hearts are actually very flexible. But then when stuff like this happens or, or other things, you know, it's... All right. So more than an info dump, what does it mean? Tell me what it means to you. Tell me how health affects the decisions you make daily, what ways you go out of your way to try to be healthy at this point in your life and how you view your longevity now versus let's say 25. Years. Oh, at 25 years old, I could have given a fuck. And now I just, I kind of look, look, I'm, I'm like staring at mortality at 40 years old and I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to shorten my life back then. It's really going to shorten my life now because I'm still doing it. But I can talk about personal things here. I mean, the high blood pressure, my father had high blood pressure and destroyed his kidneys. Wow. And by the time he actually started to take pills and get it under control, I mean, his kidneys were around 50%. Holy fuck. Did, and then, you, did you inherit that? And then, oh, well, I mean, it's high blood pressure related. So yeah. uh, high blood pressure runs on both sides of my family. But at the same time, I mean, he was also someone he loved to drink. He smoked for 27 years and he loved salt. Okay. I, I did not inherit his love for salt, by the way. Like I, I, uh, and when you live, when you live with a Caribbean uh, spouse, yeah, you, you get shit for your lack of uh, salt. Not lack like of seasoning, lack of salt. Fair enough, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, she's adjusted and I've adjusted. She's adjusted more than I have. I just jack up the other seasonings. Yeah. You, you counterbalance. Yeah. yeah. And she goes, I've, my palate's adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, no thanks. Um, but yeah, that's my big kind of self-disclosure. Those are like, I always am looking at my blood pressure just yeah. so you, just so people know. Uh, because that's kind of sticks out for me. Heart, colon cancer, another one runs Scary. in my family. Yep. Uh, that, that is fairly silent until it gets to stage two, three ish. And then that's where Pete, you would notice it. And if you're unfortunate, it's spread. Yeah. It's spread to other, other parts of, of your body. So yeah, we've covered that's topic one and related to that and topic two, the sedentary lifestyle. Well, wait though. You still didn't, you didn't answer my question. Okay. So how? I'm not doing anything just so you know, I'm, I'm admitting oh. I'm not doing it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm on this high horse and I'm not even doing, I'm, yeah, you can call me a hypocrite or whatever. No, no, not at all. Um, and it wasn't, an that was more of a universal you, not a, not a you. Yeah. 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 No. I mean, I guess with me for the first time in my life, I've tried to be conscientious of it. I never, yeah. you know, I was with Bob. I didn't give a fuck long haired, cool stoner guy. Never cool, but whatever. Thought I was cool, <laughs> but I didn't care about my health. And I was just real, not, I had a real nihilist stance on things. So for me, it was like any fucking care if I died, it. But like the reality is those bad choices, like being heavy or whatever, it's not going to kill you when you're 20. No. It's going to catch up with you. And you know, so, I had a professor and I'm, and I'm, this time I am exactly, I am truly sorry for cutting you off. It's okay. But I had, I had a professor uh, when I was in college who said like, fast food is okay in extreme moderation. And it's really the, all the bad stuff isn't going to happen to you when you're in your teens and twenties. It's even possibly even your thirties. It's not going to, if you, yeah, if you eat it all the time, like we learned in Super Size Me, yeah, it, it is, but 
if you do what you do as far as fast food goes for prolonged periods of time, yeah, then it will catch up to you. See, I'll say that I'll counter it. The guy that he represented, and I already forgot my main discussion, so I hate you. <laughs> but the guy he represented in um, Super Size Me, the guy who ate the two Big Macs every day. Bro, should we not address that? That dude stayed healthy. He's still murking two Big Macs a day. So I think it comes down to – because there's another guy who did the Little Debbie diet. Do you know about that? No. <laughs> Laugh if you will, but it's amazing. So he told people, he's like, you know what? Um, there's a big misnomer about fats and about sugars in the way people view food. Oh, yeah, because in the, uh, let, let's go back to our formative years in the 90s. Let's go back to our formative years in the 90s. All fat was bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All you could. Oh bad. my God. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, if you were fat, you had to. All learn, cholesterol was bad. You had to learn throw a punch. Yeah. yeah. That was. But that was another thing. But anyway, the, the little Debbie got the little Debbie diet guy only ate little Debbie for a year. Didn't eat protein. Didn't and did not gain any weight. He was completely healthy. It's like it's not about sugars. All it's about is your calorie count. It's a, it's a whole it's a really interesting read and I, I should have came in with it but yeah there are some people that think that the obsession with fats and creams and milks yeah it all exists the Atkins was huge right all our friends for a little while stopped eating bread and eating yeah. like triple cheeseburgers with just meat and it was a weird lawless time did they lose weight I watched all my friends lose weight and ask me how many of them had strokes because that fucking diet was unbalanced as yeah. fuck so I'm not telling you that if you ate big Big Macs every day and met the calorie count and worked out you'd be fine. I'm telling you that different bodies have reacted very differently, which is interesting because what works for Bob might not work for me. Because I'm working out for the first time in my life because of this and because I had like a breakup and I was like, eh, I'm either going to die or I'm going to get better. And I decided to get better. One misnomer about the calorie things. First off, the 2000 calories a day diet is bullshit. Just like the eight hour night sleep is bullshit. What is more important is like going to a dietitian and realizing like if you live a sedentary lifestyle, how many calories your body burns just from existing a day? Yeah. And then if you eat, generally speaking, within a range of that every day, yeah, you're not going to gain weight because you're sticking, you're you're replacing the calories your body is just naturally killing. That's why they people say exercise and get active because you want to be at a calorie deficit to lose weight. And they also say the healthy way to do it is try to lose like a pound a week tops. That is the best way, the slow game. And we don't live in a world of just, we live in a world of instant gratification. So that's where like stack, you remember stack when stackers were huge? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Everyone's speed. doing meth. Yeah, everyone's just doing speed. I mean. It's a great, listen, ephedrine, that's what they used. To, they were, used that shit in the fucking 60s and 70s, you know. But here's the thing. You know, it, it, for anybody, it's a matter of balance. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's a matter of figuring out what works for you. And for me, I was like, I started walking, started doing some basic workout shit. Start to try, started to try eating fruit just as the supplement. And what was interesting for me is I have problems with food and sometimes I don't eat. It's not anorexia. If you looked at my body, good God, I can go days sometimes. And I didn't realize that that made it so when I did eat, everything stuck to me because I wasn't getting enough food. And I wasn't oh yeah. It's like protein. ketosis. Your body going through ketosis. 100%. Yeah. So the funniest thing about the diet right now for me is I have to eat three more times a day and I'm losing weight from eating five times a day. Yep. And it's yep. like that that was the first thing that it's like, oh, we we know next to nothing about how to properly do this. Oh yeah. Because for me, I've made I still eat will eat what I eat, but like once I started and made small changes, and that's the thing, even the losing a pound a week or whatever, I would even recommend don't focus on the pounds at all for the first two months mm -hmm. and just make your choices better. 
And in all honesty, I mean, I live a sedentary lifestyle. I, I admit that. I need to be more active. I, dude, I work from home, though. You get out. I don't, man. I, I so, right. So it just shows you how terrible I am. No, it shows you how terrible. I'm saying I'm right there with you is my but, point. Yeah, and the point I'm trying to bring it back to is I'm trying to bring it back to the, the fact that I likely have obstructive sleep apnea. And even if I lost the weight, I would still have it, but I don't do myself any service. I'm like, I'm always going to have the snoring that would come with it too. But again, if I were treated myself better, my symptoms would be better. My sleep would be better. And I would just naturally have more energy and I probably would be out there doing more. And so to me, like my first step is doing this sleep study. Yeah. hundred percent, man. I give you kudos for that. Thank you. And even that, you know, I've wanted to do that my whole life because I've had sleep problems, but I never did it. And Bob's like, I did it and it's fine. And I'm like, okay, so that might, that might give me the courage to do it or some of you guys the courage to do it. So that's cool. You know, it's, it's. Maybe our last 30 years will be better than our first 40. So let's try to stick around for it. Like, you know, Bob's got a wife. I have four wives. None X, by the way. It's it's just a weird. Remy has a fantastic harem. Yeah, we'll explain it in the future. Okay, so wait, let me, because I don't want to miss this. How does spirit, how how does your spiritual health factor into your physical health? I know it seems almost silly. Uh, It doesn't. It, for me, for me, it doesn't mean that it's not that way for other people. Mental health. Okay. Mental health. Yeah. For, well, I, well, let I, me bring it around too. It's a silly question. Like what does your spirituality do for your di- What? I eat Jesus wafers or something. It was kind of a stupid question. <laughs> but I would, I honestly think uh, I would say mental health is the biggest reason. Mental health to me is one of those foundational things about a group of people that leads to a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It leads to drug abuse, which by the way, I didn't put any stats in here, but our, I mean, our generation is just off the charts right now Yeah, with just overdose deaths. Yeah. Over the last decade, I want to say collectively the overdoses or deaths, just deaths are up like 300%. It's a pandemic. It's, it's a pandemic. dead bodies in cars in the city, bro. Overdosed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and it's, it's something that we've reached a point where it's no longer a after school special it's no longer just an exotic thing to put in, in a rated r movie it's everybody's life you you ever i feel everyone now has been touched by someone who's overdosed on drugs and died and the other thing is too you know you need to we we've talked about this before but look out for each other if you see a friend slip in yeah. and, and and you know it's, take, a, it's a tough time to be healthy in any way right now i take reality shows to task but there are certain reality shows that at least their message is like genuine and good like intervention like the message for intervention is this is the person that is living an out of control lifestyle and i think on some level they do want to change but they're so ingrained in it that it's hard they can't do it by themselves See, my problem with that show is that i watch it and i'm like oh these people are getting exploited they are yeah and it's yeah. hard for me because i should not be in the room in their darkest moment no but what i what i like about that is it does its aim is true its aim is true because it because it also normalized the fact. It didn't make it taboo. It didn't make it something yeah. that, again, when you have boomer parents, it made it something that actually is discussed. Yeah, good call, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it does. But at the same time, it can be both. It can exploit people and have have, have some positive. It can have positive. No, advantage. no, I agree. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not black or white. I know mental health was huge about me even gaining weight as a kid. Yeah. So my parents divorced. I couldn't sleep. Like So getting a handle on that, I think, for anyone is first. Yeah, and I think for me, my depression is just driven. It's driven my just weight gain because it's just uh, there are. I remember days when it's just it was literally it took every ounce of my being to get out of bed mm, amen. to start my day. Like, and if you've never experienced what I mean, truly and genuinely, what it's like to feel that way, then I don't want to hear from you. I, you, you know, don't you don't if you haven't never walked in my walked in my shoes like that, then then yep. don't try to talk to me about. Oh, it's not that, but you oh, really, really okay. 
Right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite Kid Cudi lines, walk a mile in my shoes. You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you tried to walk in my shoes, you'd kill yourself. Yeah. I actually I actually go with uh, Depeche Mode. Walking in my shoes. Yeah, walking in my shoes. You'd stumble in my footsteps. Yeah. Keep the same appointments I kept if you were walking in my shoes. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's prophetic. But also, you know, the other problem, though, is like right now, everybody's battle is singular to themselves. Yeah. The battle to yeah. be healthy in a broken world yeah. where everything's just going away one week at a time. We love to make Fight Club references. There's a great one. Everybody, you know, our great war is our own. It is. It's everyone's great war right now is a war amongst themselves. Yeah, within yeah. themselves. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And because of that, I mean, we still, it's gotten better. I think society wise, it's gotten better. But we still have – it's still taboo. Mental health is still taboo. Yeah. It, it's the first thing we have to do. We have to break through that. We have to break through that wall. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it, the other problem with the breakthrough now, and I think we talked about this a little bit, is that all these people on TikTok use it as hashtags. Yeah. It's, it's trending to be borderline personality disorder, and it's like, whoa. There's just what, – what, what ultimately happened in society, in my opinion, is there was a spotlight. There was always a spotlight, and it's been it's just been moved on the wrong things. Do you do you remember when there was a big push on like commercials for just mental health awareness? Yeah, and um, like Glenn Close was in this one because her sister has a mental illness, and her sister and her like were there, and and she was like being a proponent, using her celebrity to kind of be like. But my favorite one is it starts off almost like a horror movie trailer. Like it really does. It's a lot of like nasty images Sharp and all this and scary noises, and then it just goes to this regular dude. And the guy's just like, hey, my name's so-and-so. I've been suffering with schizophrenia for most of my life. And I know most people, when they hear that, they just think of like all the images you just saw on the TV screen. But that's not my schizophrenia. Like, you know, most people don't know. Most people, yeah, yeah. We know why it's provocative. A beautiful mind. Yeah. Hearing and seeing things that aren't there. But most of what schizophrenia is, is it's a thinking disorder. It, it means your, your brain has a hard time keeping, keeping things like straight. Yeah, because a, a big thing like comes along with that is like word salad. I love word salad. People who have it really bad, like they, they have a problem talking, and then they obviously have low friends. I work with, I work currently with I someone. Know, but it's just that could be that could be clipped awfully. Well, yeah. Well, it's always dark when you're tossing salad. It's always dark. It's it, hey, <laughs> cheers, buddy. Yeah, ding. There it is. We hit the quota. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, again, when my in my little research I did here, it's kind of like, well, where do we go from here? Because I mean, there is awareness. At some point, I do. I am for like awareness and and changing our groupthink on certain things. But at some point, it's it's up to us. It really is. Like in all honesty, because all this terrible food that is just readily available for us, it's about supply and demand. Like if if we are not demanding it as much, then there'll be less of it, and it'll also cost less. It'll cost less than it already does. But I mean, it'll go away because like at this point, it's now just ingrained in like our culture. That it's like you go to the grocery store. It's like, yep, yeah, I got to get my snacks. I got to get this. I got to get my frozen foods. I got to get blah, 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 blah. And and if it's really just about a group thing, that, that's a big one. One thing that really – it's it's existed. It's existed for a long time. But like farmer's markets. I'm sorry. Farmer's markets. Bro, you are not literally not taking breaths between fucking thoughts. That's how good I am. Holy shit, man. When I'm on a when I'm on a roll, that's Keep how good going, I am. Keep going, farmers markets. Yeah, farmers markets have always been a thing, but now it's, I'm, it's when um, you're done, let me know cuz I do have a counterpoint to you. It's uh it's it's uh, celebrated now. It's like, "Hey, guess what? It's summertime. Every Sunday here at this location, farmers market, and it's locally grown. Uh there's the movement of local of local grown things and and everything." And 
I think that's great because a benefit of social media and every and every aspect of media is that it gets out there and it gives people an option. Go on. I have to, I have to represent the other side. I don't know if I agree with everything you're saying. Okay. First off, I think it's way, 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 way more a class and money thing than anybody can understand. I'll speak for myself. I'm, you know, I'm struggling financially. And for me, can I genuinely, can I afford to get my um, fruits and veggies from a, no, I can't. I literally can't. If I'm going to eat, I cannot afford whatever. I just, a lot of people can't. And I think that a lot of people, I think that if you asked most people who were eating processed food, and I don't mean chips, everybody eats chips. I don't mean fucking, you know, I don't mean the basics, but I mean like the hungry man meals still, which shouldn't exist, but do. People who are eating that and feeding that to their children are doing it because they have to. I don't mean to make it that blanket, but I think that it's more of a class war. I don't think poor families who live in the city with three kids can even get out to a, a little farmer's market. So I think it's, it's, you find it in the cities because you're less likely to find organically grown stuff out there. But I think it's a class war and I think it's a war that's implement, implemented by the higher ups. I think it has been. Well, who owns all these companies? Who owns most of the snack companies? Um, Nabisco. That's they're the con- they're they're the conglomerate monopoly. Yeah, yeah they, well, they're one of there's like a couple, but Nubisco is a big one. I would Coca Cola factories in I, every big city. I would go uh, as far as to say that it's just another. It's to me, it's actually the most prevalent form of oppression in our country. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, because you know, and what I mean by this is our government provides Section Eight for people. It provides food stamps for people. It provides uh, EBT cards for people. It provides food that is processed and made by the conglomerates. Yes. Someone. Who get there and everyone gets their cut. And so it's basically like creating like um it's not a pyramid screen. It's but it's, no, it's, but it's, it's self, creating it's a self-fulfilling process. Yes. I guess where I go to is it creates a system that's just good enough that most people don't want to get off of and it. And they won't change it. And yeah. that is that is the epitome of oppression. No, a hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. my thing is the people who get, you know, $150 a month in food stamps that they have to survive on, I know that they would probably love Man, I'd love to have some fresh Fuji apples. I'd love to have a whole watermelon. I'd love to have guava. I'm a fruit groupie. But with that, you know, what, 125 a month, that thing gets broken, what, into four weeks? And you're getting, oh, cool, I have 30 bucks to spend. You know that's Doritos, big thing of frozen burgers or, or steakums, because that, unfortunately, is how you stretch the buck. And the other problem is it's all made and programmed, not programmed like a computer, but it's synthesized to hit the same dopamine fucking release as drugs and shit, you know, a ho-ho, blah, 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 all that shit. So it is, it, it is a form of oppression. And like, I'll tell you, man, you know, my mom is a great example. She's, she struggled for a long time and yeah, I know she doesn't eat like she'd want to, you know? And so that, I just want to represent that side because I agree it's become more available and that's awesome. You can even find organic stuff at the market. That's awesome. There should be more systems implemented in place to specifically get fruit and vegetables and fresh meats to poor families. Now, I know that now we're talking about a utopia and I know that, but I know that a lot, especially when I first moved out, dude, it was nightmarish. Like, cause I just was paying rent, taking care of bills. And that was when things started to swing for younger people where like nothing was balanced. Dude, I was eating like two cans of stew and like a, a box of garlic bread a week. You know, I would have loved to have eaten fucking baked chicken, you know? So I, everything you're saying is right, but I do want to put a little more of the emphasis on the fact that I think the poorest 
who are also the fattest. And if you need proof of that, go to Walmart. How many people do you see on scooters in Walmart in your average trip? I'm sorry. I'm not fat shaming. I'm just being honest. All those people you see at Walmart, what do they have in common? They're poor. Even people who like themselves shop at Target. Walmart is that, but Walmart's amazing for what it does. And it does some really shitty shit too, but let's not get into that. But there's a reason that the people you see, if you went right now, right now, if me and, you know what, someone fund this, send me and Bobby to Dubai. Here's the thing. Dubai, man, you're not going to see fat people. You're not. I can almost promise you. So there is, there is a, by the way, we're two fat guys sweating in a hot box right now. Just to give you guys a visual, like, I think we both didn't think it was going to be as warm as it is. We didn't jump in the pool. I'm, I'm practicing my breathing. <laughs> it's hot yoga for us right now, which makes us even more pertinent. But the point is, you reach an age, I think, Bobby, I mean to go off on a tangent, but you reach an age, too, when you're like, you know what? I don't want to die. Listen, everyone gets their right to have a tangent. <laughs> if, 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 if I'm being consistent and I'm saying this is our show, like, then we all get our chances to do that. But yes, yeah, so no, I don't want you to think anything you were saying was wrong, but I do as a super poor, be poor, poor, poor person. I know there were times when it's like, oh, I'm eating this gross, like, frozen shit, and I would rather have salmon. That's well, that, that's good, because I was going to say, all right, well, I don't fuck me. <laughs> like, uh-huh. No, right, not man. at all, man. I just, I, you know, I think that, that people put the emphasis on, it, it's not as easy for some people as all, that is. And, and what I do think you said, and what's absolutely true, is that it's all becoming more prevalent and more available. And what's going to happen as that happens is... Because keep in, I know what you're thinking, Rem. I mean, <laughs> I was reading your mind. You're thinking, but dude, it's not like going to the farmer's market is that much more expensive. I agree with that. I don't want people to think of farmer's market's like a red carpet event. It's not. But if you're going to go there, you're going to spend 20, 30 bucks. You're going to make the, you're going to make it worth it. And if someone with low income spends that, and I got to tell people, food stamps has a special allocation for fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And they do something, at least in mass, they do something incredibly cool that I found out about. They have a separate program, like I said, within their food stamp card for fruits and veggies. And if you get, if you spend like a decent amount of money on fruits and veggies, they give you money back. So there is incentive now for people too. And what I think and hope is going to happen, Bob, is that a lot of it is going to become more regular and more normalized and that there will be access for people, you know? But I think it's an issue of time too, because you know, they work two to ten. They got to get home to their kids. Like, so it, like you said, it is. We're we're in a system of oppression, a hundred percent. And I think what you were saying is, you hope enough people begin to recognize that to make the change. And I agree with that yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah. So instead of sitting here, sitting here like I think stereotypical people would, it'd be at a podcast, a show, or whatever, or just any format, Facebook or whatever, and being like, "What the fuck?" And getting my cognitive dissonance. No, I sat here and I li- I was quiet because I listened and I said, "You know what? I I did have tunnel vision and I didn't think about the people who are on like assistive needs services." So hey, that hey, that's fair. No, but that's yeah. that's the beauty. That's listen, man. That's why Bob asked me to do the show with him, not because I'm poor, fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Bob asked me to do the show with him because he knew, if nothing else, that I wouldn't mind representing a different side, and that's all it is, man. And and you know what? I, I really genuinely hope that there are more – because all these changes that we mentioned, guys, don't get overwhelmed. Me and Bob are still in the process of making them one by one. Yeah. So don't look at a sheet of things you need to do to get healthy and say, I can't do that. The worst thing to do is to just look at an entire list and be like, oh, fuck it. Yep. Because – 
that you know, you're going to get yourself overwhelmed. It, and it doesn't. It's not just about exercise or weight gain anything. or mental health. It's anything in your life. Yep. I let the dishes build up in my sink, and then I see all of them, and I'm like, yeah, fuck it. No, but then what I do is I remove certain ones, and then I start to clean. And so it's it's visually it's less, yeah. and I go, okay, all right. Well, that's it. And I think even goal boards, like that's why I think even looking to lose pounds, you're going to frustrate yourself. Say, you know what? I'm going to do a couple things this week and I'm going to do a couple things next week. But don't, And also, don't think that we're telling you all this because we practice it all. No, we're two old weird guys who are trying not to die and we'd like to try not to die with our audience if that's possible. Yeah, we'd like to actually, you know, I mean, it really hurts our show if like our audience dies young. We want to keep you guys alive as long as possible. That would suck. Yeah. So it's as much about helping you guys as it is ourselves. And because this, you know what, if we die before you, that's cool. We'll, the show will live on in syndication. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, if you got, maybe we'll eventually get like a intern Kelly again, where someone will like this enough and they'll pay attention enough, and when we die, we can leave it to them. Yeah, and then they can ruin it. <laughs> Bobby, yeah. gotta have faith in the yeah. next generation, my dear. All right. Well, I guess I, I guess we'll, we'll we'll jump off on a positive note then. Yeah. Um. But health and happiness to everybody. Yeah. All right. Take care, everybody. We love you. This episode is about faith and devotion. It's about people our age and our views on spirituality, religion, mortality, morality, what have you. Take it to a real basic place. What was your religion as a child? What's your religion now? I don't necessarily believe in one thing or the other. I got out of that pretty lucky. Even yeah. I was, I, we're talking about Massachusetts churches, guys. I want to give you some numbers, all right? Please do. All right. So. I was sure by now that we would have seen the death of organized religion. Yeah. You read into religions. You yeah. the Buddhism, Hinduism. So I actually did that in college. I found it very fascinating. Yeah. Get out, Get out your story. That's why I put Odyssey in the name of the, the show. You know, we're all on this journey together and we're trying to figure it out. So just know you're not alone. And you know what? Like the great Bill Hicks said, it's only a ride. Well, yo, all you weird witch bitches who pierce your nipples and maybe don't have a god, uh, get at me. New episodes are released every Tuesday morning. Find the XOP on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, our Facebook page, or YouTube.